0: All right, everyone, welcome back to episode number 148 of Stream of Thought, and we start off by talking a little bit about Google and the beautiful environment that they're living in, and for some reason, we transition into stories about bicycles. Let me tell you, it's more interesting than it sounds. And then, what happens when you ride a bicycle? You gotta go places, and I end up going to a restaurant for the first time in five months, The story is quite fascinating and unexpected on my
1: end. Speaking of fascinating and unexpected, there are a few diseases (laughs) that are still around that I thought were completely non-existent, so I kind of make a fool of myself for a little bit, but I learned a few new things, so that's okay. And then, near the end, we've got ourselves a rambling Ricks, different than a ranting Ricks. He wasn't angry or upset about anything, but... He just had a couple ideas. He just needed to uh, bounce off of myself and get some feedback, and so we end things there. So with that being said, episode number 148 of Stream of Thought, we hope you enjoy. Do you still – I haven't been in the habit of listening to any podcasts lately. I listened to From Police to priest. I think – I think I'm halfway through number 30, but there was a period where I stopped listening for like five weeks, so I caught up. I haven't listened to our podcast in a long time. I know we joke around saying that, like, we listen to it. I haven't listened to it in a while. I haven't really (laughs) listened to any other podcasts. Well, yeah,
0: because, I mean, for me, it's like a commute type thing. Or if I'm doing something, you know, with my hands and can have headphones in, I'll listen to podcasts. That's not really been the case right now. So, especially during lockdown too, totally stopped listening to all podcasts. I think the only thing I might have listened to was uh, was Police to Priest um, just because it's only like 25 minutes.
1: So I read a quick headline on Google because on the Google app, they just give you headlines here and there. And apparently Google is going to have its employees – continue to work from home through at least the end of next July. Yep. I saw
0: I saw that report too. Man, to work in the tech industry, that's got to be that's got to be nice.
1: Dude, that would suck cuz apparently I guess like I mean Google's a real hip place to work.
0: It is. It's super hard to get a job there. It is, it is so hard to get a job there.
1: I imagine it's just like I see in the movie The Internship with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson where They've got like a slide in there, and they've got. It's like a campus. It's like a. It's a straight up, cool campus. Have you ever seen
0: any of those documentaries, though? When it comes to, I haven't seen
1: documentaries. I've seen, I think, just images here and there. Right, people riding around bicycles and hanging out, and you know, they have. You know, they
0: have um, recreation centers. They have places where you can take naps whenever you want. They have exactly like little plush cushion things, those yes. little bo- bouncy ball things that you right. can just do whatever. They've got standing desks. they got basically everything you could want.
1: Yeah. That would really yeah. suck to go from working to a place like that to having to work, to- right. work from home. <laughs> it's like you can't go to Neverland anymore, even though yes. that's what you, you exactly. always wanted. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you were somebody who had just graduated college or somehow just accepted a position and you began working there at the new year, it's like, this is an amazing place to work. I love it. It's so friendly. It's so nice. There's such cool people, amazing environment, and then you have to go back working it from home.
0: Well, so it was kind of interesting because when I was working at BASF as a contractor, it was about uh, six months into working there, and it was it was great, you know, having people just immediately there. It wasn't the most beautiful place to work but what happened was they underwent this massive renovation of the entire office building so literally there was maybe a total of eight people in the office where there used to be maybe a hundred and everyone was working from home um it was it was the weirdest thing while they were undergoing this construction because i love that because i was a contractor so i had to work in the office and it was just I mean, it was quiet. It was basically the only people who were working there were people who I liked, uh, still working at the actual office. So I got a chance to spend more time talking with them. It was it was a much more laid back environment. But yeah, uh, it, it's a weird it's a weird dynamic shift because it was like I'm so used to this day by day, and suddenly
1: everyone's gone. It's like okay, this is this is different, but. So you were there when there were a ton of people and then you were still there when they all, all those people left. Okay. Right.
0: And it was, it was kind of a shame because I ended up uh, getting let go or co- contract terminated right the week that they were finishing up construction of the new customer service department, which was uh... – oh, that was the other cool part too is that because there were so few people there – I got to go in basically every day to see what the updates on the whole construction of the the new customer service area was. I mean, you had to wear hard hats and stuff like that to go in, but uh, normally there was no one there, so I just sneak in, check out what was going on, see the new offices, and uh, much more light, much more space type of stuff. It was it was cool to watch the development sort of week by week how that how progressing. So,
1: I got to ask you because uh, you mentioned that. And I remembered you would ride your bicycle. When was the last time you rode your bike? Because I remember for several thing, for several reasons, you would be, before you got your car, you'd be riding your bike everywhere. Do you ever do it now just for recreation or you're just sick of the bicycle that you don't want anything to do with it?
0: So this is when we were on our hiatus from uh, Stream of Thought. So this would have been an entire episode in itself. The chronology of my bike, the life cycle of my bike.
1: <laughs> because I remember you telling a story when you tried to... Fix the tire, the tube inside the tire, <laughs> yeah. and it was just a giant mess, and it was a pain in the oh, ass, and it goodness. wouldn't hold hold air, and it was a brand new tube, and yeah, oh, yeah, give me a give me a synopsis as to the chronology of the bicycle the, adventures. The light, the, the I remember the uh, also when the we would be recording thing. in person, and you would have an injury. And I wouldn't say anything, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I got hit by a car, I fell off my butt, or, like, some, it was something related to the bike all the time.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I I, I am surprised that I'm still in one piece after that, that whole experience of, of basically living with a bike for more more than three or four years, where that was my primary mode of transportation. Uh, Yeah, so I would say I probably put in, because I had this bike since, oh, gosh, it was late high school, I think it was like junior or senior year of high school. So back in 2005, and I have put more miles on that than I think uh, I can even fathom. I mean, well over 10,000, because I would used to go down the Great Western Trail and just bike for a day at a time, like go three hours, four hours one way, and then three hours, four hours the way back. Uh, Just exploring rural Illinois down, you know, down south or whatever, where you start getting into the farmlands and crap like that. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, no, it was it was one of the most uh, exhilarating experiences just to be out in nature and realize how close we actually are. Suburban Glen Ellen is to rural Illinois. If you just go, you know, 25, 30 miles out of the way, you're going to get the
1: farmlands and go on out to Elburn. End
0: of the train line. End of the train line. Yeah, dude. Going back there, seeing <laughs> seeing all of the the abandoned old school buildings that were there was like a, a, a dilapidated fire department back from the 1900s or something. It was it was really crazy, but that was fun. Uh, so yeah, uh, it it has survived wind and rain and car wrecks and all this stuff. I I don't know how it survived as long as it did, but then ended up getting uh, my car. And, uh, there was not really a need to use it anymore because it was starting to, it was starting to show its age at 15 years old or 14 years old, whatever. It was, it was, it was, pieces were starting to fall apart. The, the gears, everything just slowly bit by bit, it was becoming more and more unusable. And so Brooks, while I was living up in Minneapolis, Brooks actually, actually lent me his bike. And so I used that as opposed to mine because... It was – I was coming home one day and this I think was the last time that I actually used my bike is I was going home and it makes me so sad. I had this – I was I was biking back. I had this really nice leather bag
1: uh, strapped around my That back. your sister gave you for Christmas or something, right, or your yeah, birthday? Yeah, yeah. I remember. It was, okay. it
0: was like a Christmas present. It might have been for my parents. I can't remember who exactly gave it to me, but it was like – Oh, what a great bag! It just was so classy, and it was nice looking. It was, it was. I really wait, that. wait,
1: wait. So you say what a what happened to it? I, well, do you still have it? Oh my goodness! Is this another? Okay, never mind. Continue. This is another story altogether. All right, keep going.
0: <laughs> the last, yeah. So I'm biking back from work, and I am probably about three blocks away, and that is probably the most dangerous part of the trip because it's in an an industrial complex, so there's no sidewalks, and it's a very busily traveled road, and so you've got cars going do, 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 and I end up getting to, there's a train station about a quarter of a mile away or whatever, or train tracks, and you have to go over the train tracks, but there's a curb, and for whatever reason, I thought that I could just, like, jump up on the curb like I've done before, and... You know, avoid the traffic, riding on the grass, just hop over the curb, on there. I hop up. Apparently, the front tire screw had gotten loose. And so, (laughs) when it lifted off the ground, it disconnected from the frame of the bike. And I...
1: Just, you go forward <laughs> i go
0: forward flying over the handle of my book down and my my wonderful leather bag that i have catches on the bike handle and rips off totally rips off <laughs> and here i am cars going by this is rush hour this is people are going home so you yeah, got cars like suddenly stopping in the middle of the road like oh my god are you okay is and i'm i'm just like i'm i'm not surprisingly i'm not injured i have i have like a massive um, bloody wound on my arm, yeah. but that's that's the least of my concerns. That's not that's not the worst thing I've ever experienced. So it's like, ah, oh, for f- sake, come yeah. on. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, or whatever. So I have to like, like here, like hobble over, try and get the remnants of my bike, remnants of my bag off to the s- side. And here I'm like, okay, well this this bag is totally done. Uh, but I'm also, oh gosh, I'm also. 10 miles away from home.
1: Oh shit. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to make this happen. This is going to happen. And is this, when is the, what's the climate at this time? Is this winter? Is this fall? Is this like
0: fall? It's not, it's not too bad. It's not, yeah, it's not sweltering summer or freezing winter. So, so climate was fine, but yeah, here I am for probably about good 10 to 15 minutes, just trying to, to get the wheel back into the gauge and Eventually, I'm able to make it happen, and I've finished going, and I just bike back the rest of the, the 15 miles back home, being very, very careful not to allow the bike to get any air whatsoever, which is not the easiest thing considering it's a very a very unusual route that I would be taking, normally driving on the roads because there's not a lot of
1: sidewalks. So, So the that. area where the bike – where the wheel came off, right? Let's pretend – that that didn't happen. From that point, how long would it take you to get home and then when you were being very careful in actuality, how, how much longer would it have taken you or how much – what was the total time? Oh, gosh. It
0: was it was probably a good 25-minute bike ride um, and then it, I think it took me close to an hour to get Jeez. home that day yeah yeah and well you were and... just
1: going nice and easy nice and slow trying not to screw anything up
0: oh dude yeah i was i was going about half my speed and then and then i get back and i'm living with brooks and angie at that time and they see me come up like bloody arm rip bag <laughs> bicycle kind of wobbling side by side I'm like why didn't you call us <laughs> like we would have come pick you up I'm like oh yeah I didn't actually think about that. I was like, "Oh, I just thought I'd do it myself." I'm so used to trying to to make things work on my own that I never even realized that i I had auxiliary support that I could have could have used. But yeah, a learning experience. So that was the last time that I ended up using that bike, and it it was uh, ended up bringing it back to Chicago. And you brought it back. Why didn't you just ditch it? Because it was in Brooks and Angie's garage, and they weren't gonna get rid of it. I mean, it's my bike, so. It was it was fine to fit in the back of my car when I ended up taking it back home. So, so uh, you
1: continued c- to use it after that.
0: I in in my mind.
1: Oh, uh, okay. I was trying mind, to figure out why would you I bring it back that... and not just like leave it at a park for someone to grab or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was
0: like a month and a half later. I still have a photo. I took a photo of it, putting it out for the metal guys to come and take. Said farewell to it. Nothing else I could do. It was, it was, it, its time had come. I gave it a a proper farewell and I will remember all the good times that I've had with that little piece of equipment.
1: I had a bike. uh, I remember getting one, I think it was the summer before sophomore year. So this is like 2003. I remember getting this bike from Walmart for 50 bucks. And it was a great bike. I would use it to – I needed it because I was going to and from soccer practice before school started because we would have practice in the morning and not right. to go home. And then we had practice again in the afternoon. And it was a great bike and sometimes I rode it to school. But I remember – I can't remember exactly when I stopped using the bike, but I remember trying to use it again in college. Like four, it was I think exactly four or five years later before junior – senior year of college and i get on the bike and it was literally an apt. it was a pain in the ass it was so uncomfortable to sit on and i couldn't figure out why i was like i don't understand like i'm i i don't weigh that much more my body hasn't really changed i'm still the set i don't get it And it was just so incredibly uncomfortable. And I remember riding bikes with Danny and he would be zipping around all over the place. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I don't understand why does my bike suck right now? I don't remember it being like this. And I couldn't figure out because mechanically there was nothing wrong with the bike. And I couldn't figure out why I couldn't, you know, zip around like he did. I mean he had a four hundred dollar bike, so did did you ever figure that out? Um, I think it was just, I think it was just too small for me. I don't know. It was a cheap bike. I really okay. only use it to go to and from Glenbard West. And anyway, it like my butt was sore. It was like, what the fuck? Like this really, really sucks. And then after that, I started using my longboard all over the place. And then I didn't get a bike until I borrowed, I borrowed Ed Dignan's bike for a good two years and that was a great bike. That was a great road bike. Oh, yeah. But I, I looking back on my bicycle experiences, I feel like – I mean I don't know. I've never really had one as an adult, but bikes in my – from my uh, perception are only useful when you're a child or only <laughs> like comfortable to be on when you're a child. Because uh-huh. even when I was on Ed Dignan's bike for a while, which is an expensive bike – It would, after a while, and I would take it out for joy rides, leisurely rides through the neighborhood, and it was nice. But I could only sit on it for so long before I started getting uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, well, and it's interesting, riding a bike as an adult, especially people who are using it to get to work or whatever. The thing that I discovered was that there's a general etiquette that bikers have. It's like people who own a certain type of car where they're like honk at each other or something like that. It's the same with bikes where there's a mutual respect. Like, yeah, we're, we're in the hustle. We're making this happen. Like we're, we're using our calories in a appropriate way. Um, but then there were, there were a couple of times, I think it was only once or twice where there was just some asshole biker who was on the wrong side and then would like yell at me like, get off the road or something, something like that. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Like, seriously? So he was
1: on the side going against (laughs) traffic.
0: I was going on the side against traffic, so technically I was in the wrong. So but... you were
1: the so, – so he was correct that you need to get your ass on the other side because on a bicycle, you move with traffic. When you're a pedestrian and there's no sidewalk, you walk against traffic. Right,
0: and there's no sidewalk. I mean that's so. But if there's I... no
1: sidewalk and you're on the bicycle, you are still supposed to move with traffic. Right. So you ended up being the asshole. He's not the asshole.
0: Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. No harm, no foul when it comes to... I moved over to the other side when I saw him coming, and he still yelled at me. And I'm like, this is a road in which cars are going 45 to 50 miles an hour. I want to know if something's coming, because if they're coming up behind me, there's lots of turns and curves and stuff like that. I'd rather not get hit by another car. But That's my philosophy, is if I can avoid fatal injury based off of previous experiences... I'm gonna try and do that.
1: You still need to be on the right side of the road. Go I'm fuck just playing yourself. devil's advocate here. I don't, just... I don't care.
0: <laughs> you're not. You're not. I'm not. I'm not I'm bending on this devil's one. Advocate. <laughs> I'm not bending on this one. Sorry. Yeah. Did, uh... Well, and here's the craziest part too. Not not related to that. Do you do you ever watch that uh, that show like Pimp My Ride or something?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: With yeah. Exhibit, yeah.
1: We I, put an Xbox in your <laughs> car, bro. We I, put a fish tank in your car.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I tried so hard to pit my bicycle, and every time I would add an accessory, it would literally break off in the next like month or something like that. It never would. What about a baseball
1: long. card? Did you ever try adding a baseball card? No, you never tried adding a <laughs> baseball card. No, no. To make it have it make that cool sound when you're. No, that by? would be so
0: annoying.
1: <laughs> that would really you bother You're trying to me. pimp your ride. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know. Maybe with, like with... an ace of spades, throw an ace of spades ace in of there. Ace of
0: spades, right, yeah. So, yeah, no, I can't believe I never told you about the, the demise of my, of my bike, yeah.
1: I think, now... I mean, I've known, there's so many stories I've right, lost track. We were, I'm sure we were, I've heard we're... it, but I didn't, now that you mention it, it sounds familiar that the strap got ripped off, but... I remember when you got it and I was like, this is a really nice bag. And you're, I, I'm pretty sure it was your sister that gave it to you yeah, and you, you were so it, happy with yeah, yeah. it and it looked great. It looked, it was an amazing leather bag and oh, I had man. no idea that, that, yeah. just, it its I end. mean, do you still, do you still have it, but it just, the strap is missing or do you have to like super glue or duct tape the strap or what?
0: Oh. You know what? I actually think I might have it. Um, but it's, it's pretty unusable i i don't see there being any way to try and salvage it it's just it's a it's a lost cause so you know it is bomber man
1: yeah that really sucks i think <laughs> i told you once before about my bicycle injury at glombard west with danny's bike oh right where you ran into the fence
0: <laughs> i remember that yeah <laughs> Where you were going downhill at like 60 uh, miles an hour. i was just
1: give a quick recap. I took – because Danny, that summer, we would just like smoke weed and he would ride his bicycle and I would longboard. And we would just go all over town, all over the neighborhoods, go to downtown Glen Ellen. We would just get high and just like ride bikes and ride longboards (laughs) and sometimes we'd switch. And one day, for some reason, he left his bike in my garage And he had his car there, too. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how he had his bike and his car at my house. But he left his bike in my garage. And one day, I was like, I'm going to smoke some weed. And I'm going to go chill at Glumbard West. And so I pack. I have, like, a drawstring bag. Pack some weed. This is at a time, too, where there were iPods, but I didn't have one. So I had my Discman. Had a CD. Oh, my
0: God. Discman. Right.
1: And I brought an Apple. I think I – I don't know if I smoked weed out of the apple or if I just brought it just to eat. Anyway, I go to Glenbard West. I'm at the top of the hill in the back where people would eat lunch, and it just started r- like randomly raining, just downpour rain out of nowhere. It was a you know bright, sunny day, and all of a sudden it just started raining. So I hop on the bike, and I go to – I start to ride down the hill, the ramp, the service ramp that brings the food up to the cafeteria. And I'm squeezing the brakes, and the brakes don't work. And I'm like – and it, this is all happening in a matter of a couple seconds. Oh, shit. What do I do? Do I jump off the bike? Do I try and like uh, weave? I'm looking – and I, as I'm coming down, coming down, coming down, and there's the giant fence in front of uh, Dushan Fields. I'm like, I can't make – I can't turn because the turn will be way too tight. Yep, but maybe I can just hit the fence. <laughs> Fucking A man. And I'm high too, so I'm like freaking out. Uh-huh. And so I just hit the fence and I hit the fence and I simultaneously open my eyes and my my back is already on the ground. It happens so fast. I hit the fence and all of a sudden I I open my eyes and I've already I'm, my back's already on the ground. I'm what the hell? First thing I do is make sure my arm isn't broken because I remember my arm had hit the metal – one of the metal poles where the thing is. Anyway, I look at the bike and I see like the front – the bike is just on its side and I see the front (laughs) tire just kind of spinning very slowly. But Uh it just looks so pathetic and I'm looking at the tire and as it's slowly spinning, I can see that the tire is bent. Oh, no. Anyway. I walk the bike home, you know, a mile in the rain. My were, arm Were you bloody, hurts. At, all? Were, was no, I blood? bloody at all? No, no I wasn't bloody at all. No, I wasn't bloody at all. Walk the bike home in the pouring rain for a mile, high as balls. <laughs> and, uh, well, not so much then. Then I was kind of brought back to reality. And then the next day, I'm just like, Victor, oh, and I think I was wearing flip-flops too because it was a nice summer day. So I'm wearing flip-flops. That's why I didn't jump off the – that's why I didn't jump off the bike. And I was like, Victor, you're so dumb. I should have just jumped off the fucking bike. I don't know what I was thinking. But again, I just smoked a bunch of weed. And so so the next day – oh, and what I did was my bike tire from the bike that I just told you about that I used – sophomore year the bike that was uh really uncomfortable that i stopped using i switched the bike tires out so i gave danny that bike tire because that my old bike i never used so i took the bike the tire off my old bike and put it on danny's bike but the frame of his bicycle he claims was bent (laughs) and i told him i was like yeah dude i almost called you but i was like no it'll be cool i almost wanted to just ask permission to be courteous I was like, no, it'll be fine. He's like, yeah, dude, if you would have called me, I would have just told you no because the brakes don't fucking work. And I'm like, dude, how is it that you're maneuvering around? I was like, I don't get it. We're riding bikes all the time. He's like, dude, I'm just maneuvering in a way that I don't have to use the brakes. Like I'm the never going down a hill work? straight down the hill. I weave in and out, and I never knew that. And I never use the brakes to Glumbard West because from my house to Glumbard West, you don't really need to use the brakes at all.
0: Right. Wow. Wow. Anyway, Wow, the brakes yep. don't work! Holy cow!
1: Yeah, so <laughs> man, man, oh, that's man. a recap of the bike story that I told. <laughs> I can't remember what episode I told that story on, but
0: right, I'm yeah. sure it, it's a sure classic. will continue to
1: tell it again, but it is a classic story <laughs> at my expense that I'm sure people would enjoy hearing. Well,
0: yeah, like me getting hit by a car. That's all gonna make a, a reappearance once in a while, but so uh, I do. You have? Do you have something? Do you have something?
1: No, 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 you no. don't. I wasn't gonna say anything.
0: I, this weekend was kind of interesting. I had a first experience okay. that I have not had in five months. Can you guess what that
1: experience would be? You had an experience, a first-time experience that you have not had. So you've had this experience before but not for five months.
0: Yeah, it's not
1: – I don't know. Not I'm not going to get not. I went to it. a
0: restaurant. I went to a restaurant for the first okay. time. Okay. All right. The, which it was uh yeah I, okay so have you been to restaurants before? i know you've done takeout and stuff like that but have you I,
1: actually uh what did i in- do so uh i saw i did go to a restaurant like a couple weeks ago i went to an outside patio and that was very strange it was what, very what was, strange eating an outside what was that
0: experience like like doing the the patio stuff
1: well for starters i mean the the waitress was wearing gloves and a mask and everything. It was just very surreal being at a table and having someone serve you food because I haven't done that in such a long – it was just very strange. And then you go inside to use the restroom and there's not anybody inside the restroom except for the staff. It was fine.
0: Yeah. So I ended up getting – What a- restaurant text- did you go to? Uh, it was a Poor House in Oakbrook. Oakbrook Mall, the, okay. the Poorhouse Restaurant. I don't know if you've ever been there. I don't think I've been I, there. I've never been there before. But uh, yeah, it was it was one of those things where I had a, a former parishioner, one of my my youth from my ministry job in Downers Grove, ended up texting me. Uh, we we've, we've chatted on and off over the past couple of years. I think we've gotten together maybe once or twice. And so uh, she, your boy she Seth. Been... No, no, no. This was <laughs> this was a youth. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I haven't. I, I haven't talked <laughs> to Seth. Since all of that I know, that
1: continue, continue. That's a whole another. I know, of I know, I know, worms, I, know I know. I recall you fucking, that story. You, you
0: crack, you crack the bottle open, man. <laughs> Be careful what you say. You know me. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, we we start trying to figure out a place to go, and she wants me to go to a place in, oh gosh, um, south, like uh, it's like a half an hour, 40, 40 minute drive.
1: For me Cut to get from,
0: and I'm like, I'm not doing an hour and a half round trip. Like, we can find a way. I'm going to go to the office, so Oakbrook's fine, Lombard's fine, I don't want to do Downers Grove. Oh, that's what it was. It was on, like, the far side of Downers Grove, where it was literally right by the church. And I'm like, okay. no, I'm not going to a restaurant that's right next to the church that I used to serve and had to leave in disgrace. That's just not going to happen. And uh, and I'm not going to have an hour and a half round trip. So, we ended up uh, deciding on the poorhouse at, at Oakbrook. So drove there, and it was eleven thirty. So, dude, I didn't realize that malls had opened back up in Illinois. The parking lot was packed. I was really? my, my mind was blown, and this was a uh, this was a Sunday morning, and it was hard to find a parking spot. Like every single lot filled to the brim with cars. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, is everyone just gone back to their normal lives and just going to the mall and stuff? Of all places, the mall too. Uh, So that was probably the biggest shock that I had first off. It's like, secondly, obviously no one's wearing masks pretty much anywhere. You're not really seeing anybody wearing masks. I think I saw a total outside anyway. I think I saw a total of six people at the most out of the hundreds of people going walking around and stuff wearing masks just like
1: this is insane well this let me is... interject real quick and you can tell me your opinion later but i know
0: what you're gonna say but yes
1: go on i don't think you do i think i do But so in so in regards to the whole covid thing then i see i've seen an article and i've seen this more than once where it's like squirrel in colorado test positive for bubonic plague and i'm just like okay i'm throwing a flag on the play i'm calling some bullshit (laughs) on that one really Uh really you're trying to sell this say that a fucking squirrel in the middle of colorado has contracted the bubonic plague no i don't know you're not gonna absolutely not
0: continue Mm -hmm. okay yeah uh so, so I can I, see
1: why if anyone else has read that, why they might be a little apprehensive with the whole mask thing. It's like you you know, so go there ahead there actually
0: it, is a there is an outbreak of bubonic plague though. I don't and believe it all,
1: that. Are you it, fucking it, kidding me? When was that thing around? When was less than that thing was around? A thousand years ago? It still exists in Africa. The it's never gone what? away. What? Yeah, it's never
0: gone away. I, I don't know I I think there's a medical term for it. Other than bubonic plague, but it is bu- the bubonic plague that still exists in certain parts of the the country. Or no world. way! Absolutely, dude. That's science. I mean, it, it, it.
1: My mind is fucking blown. I thought it was one of those things that is non-existent, like they, smallpox or polio or it's something. Easy, I mean, it's, e- it's easier it's, to
0: treat now, and so it's not a big thing. But then you have countries that don't really have the medical infrastructure, and it's never gone away. It's either South America or Africa, but there are still portions of the world that experience bubonic plague. And there was a recent outbreak around Wuhan, where the coronavirus came from as well, where bubonic plague spiked, spiked there as well, um, which was unusual because China hasn't really had to deal with the bubonic plague at all. But no, it exists. So it's not entirely unreasonable. So what
1: about stuff like polio or smallpox? Is that completely eradicated or is that like? No, there's been,
0: there was a, there was a, um, what was it? Um, Polio, I think made a, it was, it was polio or smallpox in New York city. There's a community of anti-vaxxers. I think they are Hasidic Jews that don't vaccinate their children. And so there was, uh, someone got infected and basically infected the entire community with uh, it was smallpox or or polio or something like that. So yeah, no, it, it's not eradicated. We just have uh, vaccines for it, so we we don't get it. But doesn't mean it's gone from the face of the earth. This stuff can make a resurgence, man. I can't believe you didn't realize that. No. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it, the world's a scary place. I vaccines never knew that. I mean,
1: you always hear things about you know every every several years Ebola. Bubonic yes. plague, though, is there some new word, new name for it that we don't there know might about be. some there might politically be. correct bullshit because someone got offended by bubonic plague or some probably something like that? You know,
0: there's got to be. I, I haven't really done too much research on it, but I just found it very fascinating that you had a couple of articles in reputable like New York Times, Washington Post type. um Uh, in-depth articles about how there's a a resurgence of these very odd and unusual diseases that we thought were eradicated that actually still exist in corners of the world. And then you have people who don't get vaccines that include all of the, the stop mechanisms to like make it not happen to the average person. And then you have communities that don't vaccinate at all. And so all it takes is a single interaction and suddenly it's resurgent back in the U.S. So yeah, it's we oh man yeah uh its epidemiology is is one of the scariest things i could never be i could never be in that field i could never be an epidemiologist it's uh it's terrifying but i am
1: aware i am aware it exists because knowledge is power so uh, <laughs> i'm aware it exists because knowledge is power and i know a lot of things and i am almighty powerful Rex. okay
0: fine yeah 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 i know i know. Like I des- I deserve, over here dude I, I deserve that i deserve that that's fine. okay so, so continue
1: you're at the mall it's packed nobody's wearing masks no except for six masks. people and and what uh, happens oh, next? at 11
0: 30 which is kind of surprising um well for as crowded as the mall was we ended up going into the restaurant i think there was a total of maybe six people um, who were in a in a restaurant that could seat a hundred maybe a hundred plus and so i'm like oh this isn't bad this is fine and we go in wearing masks because you know that every building now has a sign that says mask mask required for entry type stuff so wear it go in Um, But you can tell, too, that the staff were kind of pissed off about having to wear a mask all the time as well, because you'll see them, when they're not interacting with people, just, like, pull their mask down and and just hang out without a mask on. But uh, go in and think that, oh, okay, well, it's probably safer to be outside anyway. Go outside. We chose to make it a day where it was 95 degrees out. It was probably the, the warmest day that we've had. High humidity, 95 degrees, and... After after about five minutes of sitting outside, I am I am just wet. It looks like I just got out of the pool or something like that. Like you just like...
1: rode your bicycle there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. You just rode your bicycle and have arrived at BASF.
0: So I right, so I said, you know what? This is this is going to be the most uncomfortable lunch uh, if we continue to eat outside. So we ended up moving back inside. And yeah, it was it was weird because I didn't know The the waiters and the the servers and stuff like that, everyone came up to us, was wearing masks. And I know in theory, like you should wear a mask when you're within six feet of another person, but they would just come up and like either refill your water or they didn't really do that too often, but, you know, serving the food, taking the orders, stuff like that. And it was too quick for me to get my mask on. And so I felt like this moral guilt about uh, not being appropriately responsible, but yeah, it was, it was wild. Because by the end of it, the restaurant, I think they're only allowed to do uh, 50% capacity or something like that. But it was at about 50, by the time we left, it was about 50% capacity. I was, I was really surprised that uh, so many people, all oh, kids, old people, like everyone, you know, everyone came in wearing a mask. But then once everyone sat down, I guess there wasn't really a desire or need to, too inconvenient to wear a mask. So it just, I, I felt so uncomfortable because it's like we're in an enclosed space air circulating around, you don't know. All it takes is one person to cough or sneeze that has the virus. Who knows where that stuff's going to end up? So, yeah, I don't know. I I feel bad for for restaurant workers having to be in that environment 24-7 where it's like, you know, I didn't wear a mask for most of the the meal because I was either eating, drinking, or um, talking or whatever. But
1: Yeah, yeah. when you're eating, when you're at your table, all the people, when I – Anytime I drive down Sunset and I see all the restaurants, nobody's wearing masks that are sitting at the table eating.
0: Right. And I think it was because I hadn't experienced that in five months. I didn't know what proper etiquette was or what pop, proper potent should be. I still don't know either.
1: Be, yeah. I have no idea.
0: So, yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was quite the experience. I, I don't want to have to go through that again anytime in the near future, but um, figured, well, relatively safe environment. So, it was fun.
1: Yeah, it was when I went... To, I can't remember what the name of the restaurant was, but when I was there it was it was very strange, but it was it was nice. It felt like I got a piece of my life back just sitting at a table and having someone wait on you. It was uh, it was just very strange. But yeah, so when you were there, did you the whole time were you thinking, oh my goodness, I'm at a restaurant right now or was it just those first few minutes that you had to get acclimated and then you felt fine afterwards? You know what? Uh, because when actually... I was at the restaurant, I was very aware the entire time that I was there. I was like, I am at a restaurant right now.
0: Yes. Uh, and I think that that's exactly how I was. I was constantly, like, in my subconscious, it wasn't really a big thing. But I was, I was like, constantly looking around at the proximity of other people sitting nearby. Just, like, being aware that I was there in a time like this. So, yeah. Yeah. It was on my mind. Just constantly
1: in the back. So, and then the restaurant I was at when we were outside, and if you needed to go inside, they had doors, but they had installed, like, this pedal on the bottom of the door so that when you open it, because you'd have to pull it open when you're outside, you would take put take your, put your foot on top of it and pull it towards you. It's like, God damn it, this is so... I mean, I get it, but it's like, son of a bitch. And then when I would walk out, I would just put push my shoulder against it to get out, but when I would go in to use the restroom... I almost reach for the handle without thinking about it, and uh, then it's like, "Please use the pedal." And I was just thinking, like, this is very odd and unnatural to use. Like, <laughs> yes. what if you're, what if you're a child or like someone who's elderly or someone who needs to use a cane? Are you really? I mean, I'm supposed there's there'd be someone there to help open the door for you, but it was just very, it was unexpected. And just yeah
0: god. I've never seen that. That's so interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that but that did cross my mind though where there was the the entry and where you had to pull the pull the lever to open the door and stuff like that to get into the restaurant. I am just like, "Oh, I just feel so everything I do out in public, I just feel so unsanitary or I'm really? in the presence of so much unsanitariness of human nature, but I don't know. Illinois is still doing fine where for all the spikes that are going on. Poor, poor you in California.
1: That, do you uh, do stuff like go to the park, like Glenbard West, or go to? Any, like, do you ever like go outside, or do you just vent, you just stay in your little cave?
0: <laughs> stay in my little cave. I've started going back running again, so that's good. Uh, but no, I'll just I'll run to West and back, and uh, enjoy enjoy nature outside with our conservatory in the backyard. Yeah, that's so true. I don't I don't really have a need to go anywhere else. I've got all the nature I need in the yeah, back. That's yeah. nice. Well, I don't have anything else, do you i have uh I have an idea, okay. and I wanted to run it by you because I don't know, and maybe you have you have a philosophy um, so I've got my book that you've read before, and that I haven't really made any progress on getting it published and with all of the because I've just started back up again trying to find an agent or something like that. But it turns out, and I was doing some research, that with everyone being stuck at home, all these rich and powerful people being stuck at home, they're all writing books. So they're all taking up the agents and stuff like that. And so the market the market is kind of flooded right now with uh, with memoirs and autobiographies and narratives and history and all that stuff. I'm like, you know... And the process to publish a book, too, once you get an agent, takes approximately eight months to a year. Uh, really? Maybe more. Oh, yeah.
1: Maybe Why? more. Why, with editing and rewrites or just in terms of the thing is done, doesn't need a thing changed, but in terms of contracts?
0: Um, it's all that. It's all that. Everything, Everything. combined. Right. And then, and then of course, uh, the actual publishing and distribution press tours, press releases, stuff like that. It, it's all, it all takes time and it's all a super long and complicated process, which is part of the reason too why I kind of gave up after a while after not getting too many responses back from agents that just wasn't really, I. the amount of time that I was spending for, for not more or
1: less, I mean. So George Lucas had to go to like a ton of places before anyone decided to distribute Star Wars. He self-financed Star Wars, dude.
0: He did it on his own. All right, which well, is I'm just actually... just trying to make you feel better. Which is relevant. No, no, no. So here's the idea. And I, I'm curious to hear what your thought is. So, <laughs> not only... By the way, Police to Priest, probably dead. Probably dead. I got the mail <laughs> back from Joe. Okay. It looks like it's over. That's a whole topic for another day. Um, the frustration I feel about that is uh, a side point. But then we've got this podcast, and then uh, Sister Nicole out in Jersey and I were talking about possibly starting up a podcast like you had recommended and
1: pushing uh, them out, huh?
0: Well, and I'm like, <laughs> what, what would be the harm for me to do like an audiobook podcast where it's, it's literally, I control the content I can control, you know, kind of the distribution I'm, you know, uh, able able to get it out i don't know how it would work i don't know if people would be interested in listening to it especially if i were narrating it or something like that or maybe get uh one or two other people to help narrate it um just to in- include different inflections thing is but... if you do an
1: audiobook podcast and you break it up to let's just say a hundred episodes no matter how you discover it you're always going to have to start at episode number one what oh, happens when someone what discovers it and they listen to episode 10 or 12 or whatever and they don't know what's going on and then they just stop and they don't come back mm. to it because with podcast episodes for the most part you know 99 of the episodes are standalone you don't need to listen to anything else to listen to that episode
0: See, this is why I'm glad that I talked to you about this stuff because uh, that didn't even cross my mind. I'm just like, oh, yeah. that's.
1: But what you could do is you could – I mean it doesn't matter. You can still do it anyway and have an audio version to go with your printed version even if you don't have an agent or have got, done any work in terms of trying to get it distributed.
0: Right. And, and YouTube is an option too where you can – And you yeah. can
1: do it though. I mean you can set it up just because – you would have to lit- listen to it chronologically. Doesn't mean it doesn't have value because uh, there are podcasts that are episodic where you need to listen to them in order. And right. so,
0: yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't, I really don't know too much about that sort of stuff. But
1: you have it where too, if someone listen, if someone happens to come across a podcast, maybe they listen to a couple episodes. Maybe they become a regular listener but if you force someone to begin at episode 1 it's probably there would be as long as you have that hook just like in a book you will, will probably have a higher retention rate for people listening to the episodes you know what i'm saying right the likelihood yeah. of someone having to listen to episode 1 and finish it is higher than someone who listens to a podcast once or twice and then becomes a regular listener because then they are hooked and want to listen to the next one, the next one, the next one, because the story continues. It's not, there's no conclusion until the very end.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting so go too, for it. Because now that you Try mention it, it that, uh, I mean, it, it is relatively um, kind of insular where you can, I mean, I, it's it doesn't necessarily need to be chronological. I think you can jump in sort of halfway through,
1: choose your adventure (laughs) oh god yeah a choose your (laughs) adventure
0: i don't know man i'm just trying to get creative when it comes to to finding finding a successful media venture i know that we're
1: on the next episode Stream of thought
0: (laughs) (laughs) make sure you listen to episode one and go through every single 100 start with episode like
1: three or four (laughs) right
0: yeah i think episode
1: four is where it takes off i can't remember but the tale of two travels i think episodes nine and ten or ten or eleven like it it takes off pretty well in the beginning anytime there's storytelling involved gosh that was so funny when you went to florida and your dad was (laughs) trying to orchestrate hey what are we gonna eat what's there to eat around oh my god
0: for my (laughs) grandfather's funeral yeah Some good times. Some good stories. (laughs) The
1: kids are ripping the foliage apart, breaking branches or whatever the hell they're doing. Okay. Terrorizing. Yeah,
0: terrorizing little insects. Those little geckos. Yeah. Anyway. It was a blast.
1: I think that's it here for episode 148, (laughs)
0: right? I think we've run out of it. 148.
1: Yep. Yeah. All right. That concludes things for episode 148. We'll see you next time. Peace.